0: Hello, hope you're okay on Monday, the 26th of April. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. We're flying through the month. Plenty coming up, as always, including reaction to Gillingham's game at the weekend. But first, we're hearing from a couple from Medway who say they're the victims of a two-year hate campaign, and all because of their body art. Paul and Annie Riggs are tattoo artists and run a cult classic tattoo studio, and have even inked celebs, including the late Amy Winehouse. In the past, they found their car tyres let down and have now received a threatening letter and have had graffiti spray-painted on their wall. They think they're being targeted by a small number of people in Dagmar Road in Chatham because of their appearance. Well, Phil, from our colleagues at KMTV, has been along to meet them.
2: Well, we'd just come home from work on the afternoon, uh, last Monday there was, and uh, obviously we pulled up, got out of a car and saw three-foot-tall letters sprayed across the front of our wall, of our house, get out. Um, I was very upset, very angry, Um, I didn't know how to react to be honest. And then uh, from there we walked into our house and found found the letter had been delivered the same day um, with threats to our safety and telling us we best leave for our own good that our tattoos and our pagan beliefs were not wanted on this street anymore. This was another thing, obviously, um, it was made pretty clear in the letter the reasons why the residents had done what they've done, but do you think it's because of your religion, the way that you look, what do you you put it down to? We can't put it down to anything else because we don't really integrate with anybody. We're a very quiet family, very quiet couple. Um, We don't put our beliefs on anybody down that street um we hardly spend any other time other than when we leave to go to work or come back outside of our house really uh so all i can imagine is it's it has to be just the way we look and our beliefs i can't see any other reason for for this attack
1: how's it left you guys
2: feeling unsafe in your your own home well we are unsafe we have a 12 year old son Um, He's very, very worried about our safety, Uh, so every night I have to make little traps, noise traps, so if anyone comes in, he feels safe, he could hear them come through the gate, down the stairs to our front door, and even I have to put a little wedge up against the front door for him to feel safe. You know, this is no way for us to be living, you know, we, we totally don't deserve this
3: your home should be your sanctuary so it should be a place that you go back to when you finish a day at work and you just want to relax and be at peace with yourself and the environment and at the moment it's just it doesn't feel that place anymore for us you know we feel unwanted there we feel unwelcome there and it's just uh, image feel vulnerable and uh, just really really upset almost depressed
2: Um, for a lot of people it's interesting kind of talk on you know how comfortable you should feel in a home because when you live on a street you know you're friends with your neighbours you're friends with the people across but do you feel do you feel isolated do you feel like you are alone I
3: do feel isolated you know all we wanted to do is just say good morning good evening you know we don't have to be friends but we just need to respect each other be civil to each other and just have like a sort of normal uh, decent relationship but at the moment we feel isolated it's like a nobody want to talk to us they just look at you like if you are something coming from a different planet and it just it's it's horrible it's horrible
2: See, when you see you guys and you see the tattoos and obviously with your 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 pagan roots as well do you think there is that stigma there do you think people immediately kind of make that first judgment and just think that they're up to no good there is trouble there see
3: everybody have tattooed these days this, it, you know it's not what it used to be 30 50 years ago you know i think the people with without a tattoo are the odd one out now because everybody got tattoos and uh We like to judge people, not by the way they look, but by their action, by the way they project themselves with other people. So I would never judge anybody. Obviously, yeah, we do look different, I agree with that, but it doesn't mean because we look different we're bad people, you know. People, when they come and talk to us, then they realize how approachable we are, how good we are. We're spiritual people. We want to live a quiet life, a spiritual life, and just be left alone, really, you know, with our beliefs, which we don't impose on anybody else, you know, and um it's our life, it's our belief, it's the way we look, and as long as we don't hurt anybody in the process, then we should be able to live our life. We've
0: been in touch with police who've confirmed they're looking into the most
3: recent incidents,
0: including criminal damage and a threatening letter. They've urged anyone with information to contact them, and we've got details of the phone number and a reference number in the story at KentOnline.co.uk.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Next today, an mum is calling for a secondary school to rethink its PE kit, which she reckons sexualises young teenagers. At the moment, students doing PE have to go to school in their kit because of restrictions around changing at schools during the pandemic. But Jo Keeler, who lives in Ramsgate, thinks the clothes worn by pupils at St George's C of E Foundation School in Broadstairs are too revealing. She made the comments after walking behind a student in a escort. The school have declined to respond, but you can let us know what you think. It's actually one of our most read stories today. You can leave a comment underneath the story or on our socials. A man's been arrested after the bomb squad was called following a police chase on the M20. Officers made a tactical stop after following a vehicle from Cheriton to Ashford yesterday. Army explosives experts were brought in because of concerns about the security of the vehicle, but it was later declared safe. The motorway was closed for several hours. A 27-year-old from Wales is being held on suspicion of dangerous driving and failing to stop for police. Tributes are being paid to a dad from Kent who was hit by a car and killed in Surrey. A 26-year-old man's been charged with murder after Matthew Tester suffered fatal injuries outside MS in Wharton-on-Thames last Thursday. The 49-year-old grew up in Kemsing near Sevenoaks. His family say they're devastated and will remember his humour and generosity. A woman in her 20s has been pushed over and repeatedly kicked during a robbery in Margate. She was walking through the tunnel in Tivoli Park heading towards Hartsdown Park when it happened early in the morning. The suspect tried to take her handbag and managed to steal her bank card. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. Now, as coronavirus cases surge in India, the Kent Online podcast has been told relatives in Kent are desperate to support their loved ones who are there. Supplies of oxygen are running low in the country, which has set a global record of new COVID-19 infections for the last four days in a row. Britain is sending more than 600 pieces of medical equipment to India to help with its crisis. Govinda Sander is from Cohesion Plus, based in North Kent. He's working with other charities and faith Groups in the country to send funding to the most vulnerable.
1: So it's, it's, it's obviously very traumatic, especially when people are losing loved ones or people are ill in India at the moment. Um, so that is, it's a challenging time. What we're trying to do here in Kent, um, I've been on the phone most of the morning speaking to different you know, charitable organisations, faith organisations, what we're, we're trying to set up is some kind of a, a collection and an appeal so we can get some, raise some money from uh, you know different community organisations, you can and get that money across uh, because it's heartbreaking listening you know to the radio, watching on the news that you know people are are, are suffering. And I think people forget you know in countries like India, with what, I think about 1.4 billion population, um, you know obviously there are rich parts, but the majority of the population do still live in poverty. You know uh, illiteracy is still very high out there, and it's important that those most vulnerable in society are given some protection and support. And that's what you know the charity the charity sector in India is doing and what we're trying to do in terms of trying to raise some funds to support those.
3: Absolutely. Um, and do you think that people
0: do care enough about what's going on in other countries? Because I guess it's easy to sit here in the UK while things are going relatively well with the vaccine and everything like that. Um, do do you think have you had a good response from people who who you're telling this the situation or have heard it and want to
3: help
1: certainly i think we're very lucky here in united kingdom i think we're very lucky here in Kent that when um you know situations like these arise in other parts of the country people are prepared to come together and support and so i'm more i'm I'm confident that you know we'll be able to raise some funds and, and and send them across and you know it's India today, tomorrow it could be another nation. And I think you know from the British government down, I think we it's important that we should we should be providing help or support to those countries that need it. And at this moment in time, obviously it is India and we'll do as much as we can to provide some help and support even though we're here in Kent.
0: Efforts to tackle knife crime are being stepped up in Kent as part of a national campaign. From today, officers will patrol streets and carry out random searches. So-called knife arches will be set up in London to check if people are carrying a weapon. You can also get rid of blades in amnesty bins. A cannabis factory has been discovered following a fire in Maidstone. Around 85 cannabis plants were seized from a flat above a shop in Moat Road after the blaze yesterday. No arrests have been made so far and it's not known yet how the fire started. Politicians have come together to protest against plans to make drivers pay £3.50 to travel from Kent into Bexley. The MP for Dartford claims the controversial Greater London Boundary Charge would be catastrophic for anyone heading over the border for work, school or shopping. Well, councillors from Dartford have been out with signs near Maiden Lane, which has been dubbed Checkpoint Crayford. A Thanet Food Bank says it may have to suspend its vital service unless a new venue can be found this week. The Margate Independent Food Bank has been running out of Union Church in the town since last June. They're providing supplies to around 200 households every week but need to vacate the space as groups who'd previously used it can start up again. And well, I've been chatting to Darren Soul, who's one of the Food Bank directors.
4: We were very quickly given temporary space at the union church in Margate who've been absolutely fantastic. Um, and we've been working there since June last year, initially we were only really supposed to be there till September, but they've extended it and extended it and extended it. Um, and we've only seen the, the need grow. We haven't seen the need decrease in any way. Um, but now that with everything opening up, Obviously, the church has prior users, you know, we, in the Girl Guides space and the hall that, the, that you know, other societies and, and people use who, who have a, a prior claim on the space. And the thing about a food bank is, of course, we have stock. So it's not like the Girl Guides can use it on Monday and we can use it on Tuesday. We occupy space. So it's very difficult to share um, a space with another organization um, in, in the way that you would normally with a church hall.
0: So essentially, you're now looking for a new venue. Is that right?
4: Absolutely. And we have been looking for eight weeks now. Um, The church have extended and extended for us. It's come to the point where the 2nd of May is the absolute last date that we can be in. And um, yeah, so we're looking now without having found another premises. It looks like we're going to have to suspend services until we can find somewhere new to operate from.
0: How big an impact would it have on the local community if you did have to suspend your operations?
4: I think it's pretty devastating. Um, There's quite a few of our clients who, for whom we are their main source of sustenance. Um, Everybody has a little bit coming in from elsewhere as well, but this is the, we, we pretty much give people the, what you need to get by in a week and you can just add a few bits and pieces and you can, pretty much get by um so you know we're literally taking the food out of people's mouths
0: and what's their reaction been they must be quite worried presumably you've been keeping them updated on the situation
4: so far people have been very understanding and very we're getting a lot of thanks for the work that we have done to to help them but i think a lot of that's also a brave face and i think there's some people sitting at home going i don't know what we're going to do what we are going to do is to try and um, give people a lot more food next week and offer some alternatives some vouchers as well um, so that we can tide people over for a few weeks while we sort out our premises and figure out how we're going to operate Um, because i think the the premises that we get is going to determine the model that we use to move
0: forward obviously as as you said right at the very beginning this is all volunteer run an awful lot of people are giving up their time i mean it's going to be a huge wrench for them as well isn't it not to be helping out if you do have to suspend service i mean they've, they've been doing a great job for you
4: absolutely we have the most wonderful wonderful consistent brilliant group of volunteers who come back week after week after week and we've formed a family and a bond between each other and you know during lockdown it's been so helpful for so many of us to be able to not be locked in our houses and have a legitimate and good reason to be able to come into work um, twice a week. It's so helpful. I know I would have gone crazy if I, if I had not had this to do. And it's been really helpful, a lot of our volunteers. And it's going to be devastating for all of us to not have that interaction that we've, we've had for so long.
0: Kent Online News. Several streets in Dover have been cordoned off today as film crews start to shoot a new TV drama based on the Sex Pistols. They've been spotted around Marine Parade and are working on Danny Boyle's series Pistol. It's about the life and career of punk rock legend and guitarist Steve Jones. A self-employed builder who won £105 million on the Euro Millions has moved into a huge country estate here in Kent. Steve Thompson and wife Lenka scooped the jackpot in November 2019 and have only just left their terraced home in West Sussex. You can see a picture of their new £4.5 million house at kentonline.co.uk. Also, there you can see how the owner of a pub in Canterbury has transformed their outdoor space to be able to seat hundreds more people. £62,000 has been spent on the Dolphin, which now has seating for 280, up from just 50 before. And we've also had the first glimpse inside a former theatre in Medway that's been converted into flats. The Theatre Royal on the High Street stood derelict for a number of years, and now the 1890s Auditorium has been completely renovated, but with some original features left intact, including stained-glass windows and the staircases. Planning permission for the site was granted in March last year. And keep an eye out, a pink supermoon will be visible in the skies above Kent this week. There won't be any difference in colour, but it is named after pink flowers which bloom around this time of year. Here's Edward Bloomer from the Royal Observatory to explain more. It's
2: it's the full moon, uh, which is the the normal phase of the moon. So the moon goes through phases, the different amounts of uh, the face. That we're seeing that is illuminated by the sunlight so that's going on uh, at the same time the moon's orbit is not circular and therefore it's not always the same distance away from us uh, in the supermoon it's close to us um, and neither of those two things are, are particularly rare but what happens is if we get them in combination and we get a super full moon then that is a bit more rare and then on top of that we've also got the fact that we're calling this the pink moon now it's not because it's pink Um, although when it's low on the horizon, you might actually see the moon with this kind of reddish, pinkish uh, colour. But actually, the pink moon is just a traditional name for it. We're
0: told you'll be able to see the full moon best tomorrow night if the clouds stay away.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Football, and there was frustration for the Gillingham manager at the weekend after they threw away a 2-0 lead to end up with just a point against Northampton Town. It finished 2-2 at Priestfield on Saturday, pretty much ending the Jules' chances of making the playoffs this season. The visitors scored twice in the final 11 minutes of the game to keep their hopes of staying in League One alive. We caught up with the
5: Jules' boss after the game. It's a game we've gone again 2-0 ahead, should have been 4-5 ahead, one team in the game. Uh, they have a aimless ball into the box. I need to look at the goal back to see where my defenders are. And then the second one, we've, where defenders just get out-muscled from a corner and out-fought, and that's disappointing. But there's there's two bits of it today, man. There's the chances that we didn't take. I can count four or five in the second half. Kyle Dempsey, Dominic Samuel, Robbie Cundey, um, Vidane Oliver. I can see an open goal if Vidane just passes to Ollie. Lee. Uh, but at the same token, you know, um, we have to defend properly as well. And, you know, we've got one or two individuals that are continually making mistakes. We're limited on what we can do in terms of players we can play. So we can't frighten them or uh, change it up a little bit at times. We've got what we've got. And it's a huge disappointment, as you can imagine. I think it's a difficult scoreline. It always is a difficult scoreline. We've got hot by it in the last, the last seven days. You know, Oxford and here. But it's a difficult scoreline in the sense that... You're so far in control of the game. You're making chance after chance. You need the third goal to go in. It's quite simple. You need to get the third one in, and I think then the game really does open up. It's why sometimes you see the third one? It's fours and fives. Um, I'm, I'm looking at big chances. Carl Dempsey. I'm looking at Robbie Cundy, Two big headers. Dominic a simple header from four yards from a set play. From Ollie, um, I'm looking at uh, Vidane Oliver. Should just give it to Ollie. So tap in the goalkeepers on the floor. Um, and we didn't do that. We didn't do enough. So from that point of view, that's one thing. And I've just said the other side. We we need some character. We need some lines. And uh, and at the minute we ain't got we ain't got one or two lines. And and that's what we need, especially when you're trying to defend with teams that can just gamble. Really, they were four and five up at one point. But they're they're getting relegated probably today. If if the result had stayed, I think they're still going get relegated. I hope not. They're a good club. Hope not. Um. But you cannot then defend that one or two individuals have against us today, and you know we're looking at individuals, and we were looking at individuals last week at Oxford. We wait to see what the results are on Tuesday, but we'll train, we'll train properly, we'll prepare for Barton and Albion. And listen, just because you're not in the playoff group doesn't mean you don't fight to win. So we'll, um, you know, we'll we'll prepare properly, we'll see what Tuesday brings, and then we'll, you know, we'll see what people do next Saturday and this Tuesday and the Saturday after, if you like, but. Um, Listen I think overall, if you're asking me my collective thoughts at the minute, we've, we've come so far for what was expected of us, so far and we've just fallen short by missing two or three that would make a massive, massive difference to us in key areas of the, of the team but we've not got them so we fight on next week, we we'll take the disappointment, we'll take the moans and groans that come as we did last week and then we'll prepare for bottom away. with we did for Peterborough.
0: There are just two games of the season left for Gillingham, who are now 10th in the League One table. They travel to take on Burton Albion on Saturday. And in cricket, Kent suffered a huge defeat in their third county championship match of the season. Lancashire beat them by an innings at Canterbury yesterday after they lost their last six wickets for just 46 runs. Kent are yet to win a game and a bottom of the Group 3 table as they prepare for the trip to Glamorgan on Thursday. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will keep you updated and give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk
1: news you can trust this is the kent online podcast
0: this podcast is sponsored by kingsdown meadow located in beautiful kent
5: countryside new homes available search serenity parks